0: Colossians chapter 3. How many of you uh, remember driver's education? Uh, A few of you, I mean, wasn't that just a glorious time in your life? And a lot of you have blocked that out of your memory, right? Because that was, that was a difficult time, okay? Like being in driver's ed, you know how they show you these videos? Like I still remember some of those. I'm like, oh, I never want that to happen to me, right? And you see those things, and that was meant to do just that. They want that blazing through your head. Don't do these things because you don't want to end up looking like this, right and then of course you have the drivers ed instructor and and that was like an exercise in perseverance can you stay awake as they just keep going on and on and on right and then you have to do all this reading and then of course It really gets real when you actually have to get onto the road, when you actually get into a vehicle, okay? All of a sudden, you become dangerous, right? And your parents are freaking out, and they're holding onto the dashboard really tight and stuff like that. And you have all these close calls, and you have to learn how to make a turn without going over the curb. And then you have to learn how to stop and judge distances and actually merge onto the freeway, okay? You remember how that... And you have all these really close calls, right? You know, and your parents are sitting there, and they got a helmet on their head, you know, and they're... "Ah," you know. And that's driver's education, right? But driver's education is critical because if you are going to drive safely on these roads, you got to learn the lessons in driver's ed. If you don't learn those lessons in driver's ed, you're just an accident waiting to happen. Let me tell you about your life at home. If you're a kid at home, you could think of it like driver's education for life, What's taking place in your childhood years before you head off onto your own career and school and start maybe your own family? You got driver's education at home, and there are some lessons that you critically must learn because they're going to affect you for the rest of your life. Every kid has a key role in their home, not only in their own development, but also for the health and the well being of their home. And so we come to today's text as we're making our way through this series, as we're going through Colossians 3 of looking at how do Christian families thrive as they have to navigate today's culture. and We've been looking at the characteristics that you need to have, Colossians chapter 3, especially verses 12 through 17. We looked at wives' roles, verse 18, husbands' roles, verse 19, verse 20. Kids have a role in their home, and it's this. Children, be obedient to your parents in all things, for this is well-pleasing to the Lord. Children speaks of any child that is still under the authority of their parents. They're living at home. And he says, be obedient to your parents. Obedience has the idea of not only hearing, but actually understanding what is being asked of you and then doing it. So when it says obey, it's not that you'd heard or not that you actually just understood, but that you actually follow through. And it's not just that you're going through the actions, but you actually have the right heart and attitude. So if you think that obedience is like your mom asks you to do something, whether it's, you know, taking out the trash, setting the table, and you're like, oh, okay, you know, and you, you kind of do it half-heartedly, you need to know that that's not what the Bible is talking about when it talks about obeying. It talks about that you not only do it externally, but you have the right heart attitude internally. And you might even know this. Delayed obedience is disobedience. So if your folks ask you to do something, or they got a curfew, or they set something that they want you to do or not do, and you don't follow through, or you think, well, I'll kind of get to that like in two days, delayed obedience is disobedience. And notice what the text says. It says, children, be obedient to your parents in what? All things. Do you see that? Not just the things that you want to be obedient, like My folks told me to finish up this ice cream. Got to obey my parents. But in everything they might ask you to do, even if you don't like it, for this is well pleasing to the Lord. We want to be Christ-centered, directed, and empowered people. And we want to be well pleasing to God, and we are when we are obedient. Now, if you want to just go back to Ephesians chapter 6, you actually see this exact same principle taught in Ephesians chapter 6, verses 1 through 3, where it's actually expanded upon. And it says this, verse 1, Children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. It's well-pleasing, it's right. But then he expands on that. Look at what he says, verse 2. Honor your father and mother, which is the first commandment with a promise, so that it may be well with you, and that you may live long on the earth honor is a much broader category in which obedience is found and to honor means to highly value to show high regard and the scriptures are calling us to honor our parents and one of the ways that you do that specifically is that you obey them you follow through you hear you understand and you apply and notice what he says He starts quoting then, honor your father and mother. You know where that comes from, don't you? It's the fifth commandment. And there's actually a promise given with the fifth commandment that he says, verse 3, so that it may be well with you. It will go so much better for you if you will do this and that you may live long on the earth. A long life, a well-lived life comes and gets started when you learn how to honor your parents. Now, this is like a principle or a maxim like you see in Proverbs. There are some kids that obey their parents and they honor them and they die young. And there are, the converse is also true. You got kids, they're totally disregarding their parents, totally disobeying, always disrespecting, and they might live a long life. But generally, this principle is true. It will always be well with you and you may very well live a long life. But you need to know that obedience without honor is hypocrisy. Obedience without seeking to actually honor your parents, let's just call it what it is. It's hypocrisy. You're going through the motions, but your heart is not in it. Your attitude makes a huge difference in your home. It does. If you got the right attitude, things go well. But if you're scowling, mumbling, grumbling, giving the silent treatment, you know, having all this arrogance sort of stuff going on you need to know that you are setting yourself up for big time failure. It comes down to this. God has placed authorities in our life, parents, and while you're at home, when you're a kid, you are to honor and to respect them because that's how God set it up. He says, this is the way that I want to train you. This is driver's ed. You do this well and you are going to live well in this life. And so... It's You realize that these are the the authorities that God has placed over me and I am going to seek to honor them. So parents have a role to train and provide their kids an environment and a culture in which they can thrive, that they should become and can become everything that God intended. But you need to know that kids, you have a critical role as well. And that is that you need to listen, learn, and to look to follow through with what your parents are asking. But it all gets started with your heart. It goes down to this, it doesn't care what age you are, you will do what you wanna do, right? You will do what you wanna do. And so if you have a heart that wants to honor God, you're gonna have a heart that's gonna to wanna to follow through with your parents, that, and what they say, that doesn't mean you're always gonna like it, it's always gonna be pleasant, but you're gonna follow through with it. On the other hand, if you don't wanna obey, and this is true of kids of every age, whether you're 10, 15 45 or 72 when your heart does not want to do what god is asking god is not the one that has the problem here you do you have a heart issue and so you don't want to develop a hardness of heart what you want to do is ask god would you to change my heart change my thinking on this because i don't want to follow through with this and something is wrong with me god would you give me grace mercy and change my thinking and would you give me the strength to do this with the right attitude and if there is one verse in the Bible that drives us to Christ, it ought to be Colossians 3.20 or Ephesians 6.1. I'm just curious. Is there anybody here that you felt like you were the perfect child? I, I, I'm looking. Some of you are thinking about this really hard. Like, I can't really remember if I did anything wrong. Was there anybody? I mean, if you did, we'd like to have you stand up because we want to recognize you. No, no one? Really? How about, kids, did you see that? <laughs> Your folks didn't stand up they weren't perfect just like you. You know what? We all have failed on just even this one command. It shows us how much we need the gospel and we need Christ because we can't even do one sentence that God has asked to do apart from Him. That's why we need Christ and to trust Him. The only perfect thing about us is our Savior. So why is it so hard to obey your parents? Now, Let me ask you, are you supposed to obey your parents in everything? Well, everything, unless they ask you to do something that is explicitly against what God has commanded in the Word or is, you know, absolutely illegal. And at that point, you approach your parents and say, hey, Mom or Dad, you know what? I'm really struggling with this that you've asked me to do. I've tried to honor you and and obey you in everything, but you're asking me to do this? And it says right here in Scriptures not to do this. Now... I have actually not encountered that situation, but if it existed, that's how you respond and that's how you handle it. So why is it hard, though, to honor your parents? Well, let me tell you. It's hard because we have a fallen nature. Do you ever find that when your parents tell you to do something, you kind of don't want to do it? You, ever, you know where that comes from? It comes from a fallen nature. When Adam sinned, he actually plunged the entire race, all of humanity, into sin, which literally means to miss the mark. We have an orientation to disobey and disrespect. It comes naturally, okay? You don't have to learn. Parents don't treat their children on how to disobey and disrespect. Guess what? You're actually hardwired that way. Ever since Adam sinned, there's part of our fallen nature to want to disregard God and disobey parents. And, you know, this whole idea of pride and selfishness and anger and, and saying things that we shouldn't say and letting anger go uncontrolled, you know where that all comes from? It comes from our fallen nature. Well, let me tell you another reason why it's super hard to obey parents and honor them. We live in a fallen world. Our culture, especially this culture, this modern-day American culture, it actually reinforces the whole idea of rebelling against authority, whether it be legal authority, government authority, police, uh, parents, uh, trainers, teachers, athletic coaches. The whole idea of rebelling... I mean, you actually can get on the news by just rebelling against authority. There is people that make millions of dollars under entertainment of songs that basically fuel rebellion in youth. And, and it's, it's entertainment, it's music, it's always being pushed to the edge. I mean, it's like, how much edgier can things get? And it's just out right there. And it's blatant. You know why it's hard to obey your parents? Not only do you have fallen nature, but you live in a fallen world. But let me give you something else. You have fallen parents. Did you know that your parents aren't perfect? They, they have fear. Uh, they sometimes have unfair expectations. Hopefully, they are getting better and growing as parents. But there are parents that haven't trusted Christ. They're trying to navigate life without Him. And it's not working, but yet they're trying to parent. And then you have parents that do know Christ, but they are not perhaps very mature. They really haven't grown and taken their faith all that seriously. That makes it hard on you as a kid. I know. And that makes it hard to obey. But you know what? You're called to honor and obey your parents. That doesn't mean that they're always right. That doesn't mean they've called the right shot every single time. And you need to know that. This is their first time. Someday what I'm saying is going to make a whole lot more sense to you. Because it wasn't long but we were sitting in your shoes and now we're the parents. Now, what in the, if you're like trying to wonder, like, what in the world are my parents trying to do to me? What are they trying to do? Would someone just kind of give me the end goal? Let me just tell you what they're doing. Ideally, parents are trying to bring you to the fullness of maturity. That you mature and become a fully functional adult. That you are mentally, emotionally, physically, spiritually, relationally, socially, fully developed... So that you can function well in society and that you can walk with God. That you could actually have a family and parent and actually can have a situation where you can bring up children as well. And that you actually have some idea of what that looks like. That's what they're after. You're the fullness of maturity. Now some parents are far more intentional about it. Some parents think a lot about it and some people are like, wow, this is really good information. They're taking a little notes here. That's exactly what I'm trying to do. Now, that's great. I'm super glad you're here. But that's what they're trying to do. And, you know, like, you might be struggling with, like, you know, my parents, they discipline me. If you're a young kid, they might spank you, or there's consequences for disre- disregarding what they had to say, and you're like, man, I don't like that. You know, they're trying to send you a message, and you're like, yeah, I'm getting the message, and I don't like the message. That's not what I'm talking about. Listen to the message. The message, the reason why parents do the hard difficult work of disciplining their children is because they love them it is far easier just to like let it slide or like pretend like i just didn't see that and just to let it go but if you really love your children you will discipline them and i got a bible verse for it proverbs 13 verse 24 it says he who withholds his rod hates his son but he who loves him disciplines him diligently if you love your kid you are going to be involved at a heart level And you are going to be willing to discipline because you're committed to their well-being versus writing them off like, I just just want them to like me all the time. No, you're setting your kid up for failure if you won't make those kind of investments. That's why parents are doing this. And you know what? They know that they only have a very brief window of time because soon you're going to be out of their house. And if you don't get driver's ed, driver's ed for life while you're in their home now, you're going to be in for a real hard road what happens when kids disregard their role in the family what happens what happens if you're a kid and you're like you know what i am not going to do this i don't care what the bible has to say i'm not too crazy about god i really don't like my parents and i'm not going to do this well what what happens well i want you to know first of all that god takes this really seriously very seriously not just in the new testament but in the hebrew scriptures the old testament listen to this these are some verses that you may not be as familiar with but Exodus 21, verse 15, He who strikes his father or his mother shall surely be put to death. He who curses his father or his mother, verse 17, shall surely be put to death. You curse out your parents. You swear underneath your breath toward them. God takes it really seriously. In Deuteronomy, verse 20, chapter 21, verse 18 and following, they have this instruction from God. And it says this, If any man has a stubborn and rebellious son who will not obey his father or his mother, and when they chastise him, he will not even listen to them, then his father and mother shall seize him and bring him out to the elders of his city at the gateway of his hometown. You get the picture? And they shall say to the elders of his city, This son of ours is stubborn and rebellious. He will not obey us. He is a glutton and a drunkard. And then all the men of his city shall stone him to death, so you shall remove the evil from your midst, and all Israel will hear of it and fear. Let me just ask you, I think God takes this whole idea of you obeying at home seriously or not. What do you think? Very seriously. Now, you know, there's no record in Scripture where this ever happened. I believe that's because all Israel understood this, and every kid knew that, you know, if my parents take this seriously, this ends up very bad for me. And you know, praise God, we've got a Savior who lived a perfect life, who actually takes the full penalty for our sins, and we've got Christ. But I want you to understand that God wants you to take your role in your home extremely seriously. Perhaps it might be far more seriously than you are at this present time. You see, if you are going to truly develop in the fullness of of the potential that you have, you have to make the most of your time in your home, and you've got a role if you've got a pattern of disobeying and disrespecting your parents, I just want to speak just really clear with you. You are setting yourself up for disaster. I was involved in youth ministry when I was in the business world. I was a youth pastor, been a pastor for a while, and I've seen this firsthand. Kids that disregard this set themselves up for huge destruction there are two ways to learn things the easy way and the hard way the easy way is you read you hear you listen you understand and you apply the hard way is like i don't care and you go plowing forward and you disregard what god has to say and it is painful it's going to create brokenness in your life and it's going to be it's going to hurt you're going to have relational disaster but it is your call because it is your heart it kind of goes down like this you are laying the foundation for the rest of your life what kind of foundation are you going to lay? But it all gets started in your home. It's kind of like this. You're responsible and accountable to God to obeying your parents. So your response should be like something like this. Dad, Mom, unless you tell me to disobey God, I'm going to obey you. I may not always like it. I may not always agree with it. But I am the child and you are the parents. And I want to please God by obeying you. And that's what it should look like. So let me cast a little vision what will it look like if you continue to obey and honor mom and dad? Or if this is kind of new information or God's really got your heart and you're wrestling with this, what could it look like in your home? I'll tell you what, the the implications, the results, the outcomes, they're huge. For instance, you need to know that God has asked you and called you to obey. That doesn't mean that you're going to always like everything that your parents are going to ask you to do, which, just by the way, They don't like everything that you do, okay? They don't. But you're called to obey them. What happens if you choose to honor and obey your parents? Well, I'll tell you one thing. It's going to, in your life, there are huge implications. In your personal development, you're going to mature. There's going to be far less stress in your life. You're going to have better relationships. You're going to learn that by respecting your parents, you actually learn how to respect authorities in your life, whether it be teachers, coaches, pastors, the police, the government. If you learn it in your home, then culture thrives. And when you're out there in the real world, you already have a pattern of learning and honoring and showing respect because you learned it at home. You took God seriously. These are going to have huge implications of your life. And you need to know that we're all in this together. Parents have a role. Husbands, wives have a role. Kids you've got a role. And if you take it seriously, there's going to be huge implications for your life. In your fellowship with God, I mean, this is how God's designed it. If you're warring with your parents, you're going to find it very hard to be walking with God. Okay? It's not going to work. If you're like, man, God seems distant. Well, let me just ask you, how are you doing with mom and dad? That, if you've got a pattern of dissing them, uh, always disregarding what they have to say, it shows up in your spiritual life. On the other hand, when you obey your parents, and there's a heart to honor him, man, God is well-pleased, and you sense it, and you know it. In your family, think of the implications in your family. I mean, if you follow your role, your parents are trying to follow their role, guess what? Your family's going to be a joy to be a part of. I mean, some of you are like, oh, home. I would rather be on the school bus, and I hate the school bus, you know, but your home could be awesome. You have a huge role in that. If you will love, honor, respect your parents, I mean, it is going to go well. It's like, man, God designed it this way and it is fun to be together and you're growing together and it's like family the way it was meant to be. But on the other hand, let me tell you, if you are disregarding and disrespecting your parents and disobeying, let me just tell you what's taking place. Your parents aren't gonna want you to see this very often, but you have the potential and the power to crush them. So what happens is, you go off and you're like, eh, I'm not doing that. And you give them the stiff upper lip or whatever you're doing. You just like flatten out. I'm not doing it. I don't care what you say. Then they go to their room. And they, their heart breaks. They are crushed. Because you're not taking God seriously or them seriously. And they happen to know the implications of that. You need to know you can have a huge agent for positive blessing or you can be a disaster and create great heartache. Let me uh, tell you some other implications of doing this well. In your spheres of influence, your friends, teammates, teachers, coaches, when you're doing this, when you're learning to honor God and honor and obey your parents, people notice. Do you know why? Because you start developing a self-confidence, a courage. There is a sense of well-being. You got health. You got a, you're a grounded individual. There's maturity. And there are teachers that actually watch Christian students, and when they see this happening, they think, like, when my kids get big, I want them to end up looking like that. Because there are kids that, they're going God's way. They're not perfect, but there's a sense of respect and honor, and they're maturing. And they're, they're like, man, I want my kids to end up like that. Here's something you might not be thinking about, but you know, what you do in your home life, it has huge implications in your future work life. If you have developed the patterns of honoring and respecting your parents and obeying them, let me tell you that when you get into your career and you start getting started and there's your boss and she or he is asking you to do certain things, you actually have a track record of learning how to follow through. And you're like, you want me to do that? Yes, sir. Yes, ma'am. I'm, I'm after it. And you go, not only you do the right things, but you have the right heart behind it. Conversely, if you don't learn this at home, so what happens is you get yourself on that first job and somehow you land it. You, you impress them in the interview and they give you a job and they ask you to do certain things and you find a few things like, I don't want to do that. And so what's your pattern? Well, if I don't want to do something, what do I do? I just ignore it. Pitch a fit. I don't, I, nah, I, I'm not doing that. I, I, I want my job to be fun. They don't do things like that on TV. And you know, let me tell you what happens. You know, the boss is going to talk to you and say, you know, we really need you to do this. And they'll give you one warning. And the second time you can't follow through, they are going to say, you know what? I'm sorry, this isn't working. Here's a box, put your stuff in it because you're gone. We will find someone that understands following through with directions. You have a golden opportunity in your home to set yourself up career wise for a great career. But it all gets started at home and what you want to do. And even here's something you've not even thought about in your future family, I've got you to have you marry the implications of obeying and honoring your parents you're going to actually be able to look your kids in the eye and understand what they're going through because you actually did it right. You're going to have patterns like you know how hard it is for kids to do this so you can relate to them, but you can actually help them. And by the way, if you're single and you think that you would like to be married, you want to pay very close attention to that gal or that guy that you're dating and you want to listen to how they talk and how they treat their parents. Why is that? Because how they, they talk, how they talk and treat their parents is pretty much how they're going to talk and treat you about five to ten years down the road. Do you like what you see? Might be a really good person to be with. You got some huge red flags going up? You hit the pause button or get ready. It is not going to be pretty. So I just want you to know, kids, you have an opportunity today to do this right. Now, how do you learn to obediently honor your parents? Let me just tell you really simply. First of all, you you need to learn to trust and respond favorably to your parents. You have to learn it. It's not ingrained. It's not innate. You have to learn how to trust and respond favorably to your parents. I really like the whole yes sir, yes ma'am deal. That's a great little Texas tradition we got going down here. I would like to see it implemented worldwide. But that, that just attitude itself and following through on that, that's huge. Another one is you want to develop a desire to honor and trust God and His Word a desire to trust and honor God. I want you to be well-pleased, God, and I want to honor your word. And that requires, then, that you grow in your ability to be strengthened in your relationship with Christ. Because you know what? You actually can't obey your parents very well, can you? You're going to need Christ. And Christ is so very available to all who will trust in Him. Now, I already told you, kids, you've got a critical role in your family. And I... As I've been uh, preparing to talk with kids, what I did is I actually interviewed students. I've been interviewing high school students and college students. And I wanted to get their take on this. And I asked them a bunch of questions. It was extremely insightful. And so I asked them on uh, insights on learning how to obey and honor your parents. And I asked them, how do you do this? What does that look like? Well, this is what some things they said. They, one of them like, said, like, you need to watch your heart. Letting go of my pride, okay, and learning to trust my parents was huge. One girl told her this camp experience. She's at the Frontier Camp, and they're having a the big bonfire. And it suddenly hit her that her parents weren't trying to wreck her life, but they actually were trying to help her grow and develop. And from that moment, she actually had a change of heart to her parents, and she apparently was a disaster at home, okay? And she said, I made life really hard and miserable. There's a lot of tension. It was because of me. That changed everything for her. Um, another one, speaking of them with of them and to them with respect, okay? When they, parents can actually hear it in your voice. When you teach them and and you talk to them respectfully, that honors parents. Kids know that. Just by the way, on respect, if you're a guy, you need to know this. Respect is the language of males. If you disrespect another guy, it doesn't matter how old he is, you have yourself an enemy because that's just how God has wired us. And so you want to respect them and honor them. Uh, here's some else, other things I learned from students in interviews. You want to learn from them by asking them questions, watching them, getting involved. They know more than you do, and, and not only do you take their advice, but you actually follow through on it. Other students commented on being aware and concerned of their feelings. Uh, here's something that I found really interesting. Both high school kids and college kids talked about this, and that is to be honorable, an honorable kid when you're away from your parents. They, they said that if you want to honor your parents, you honor them when you're away from them, like at school or at sports or at music practice. And like one kid said, I want to make my parents proud because they realize that they are, in a sense, a reflection of their parents. And so these kids that want to honor their folks, they recognize they do it when they're outside of the home. Um, another one said that you want to be grateful and actually say thank you, Okay. You always take for granted everything they do for you. They chauffeur you around. They pay all of the bills. You got food. You got clothing. They pay for everything. They're taking you and doing all these things for you, making all these huge sacrifices. By learning to say thank you, students know that they are actually honoring their parents. And then another talked about being cordial, polite, just even serving them, like putting the dishes away or cleaning up without being asked. They understand that if I want to honor my parents, I do things like this. Dennis Rainian is... Uh, in a book wrote about honoring parents and let me just give you these you could maybe take a note or two on some things like i might try this like choosing to place a great value on your relationship with them taking the initiative to improve your relationship obeying them until you've established yourself as an adult recognizing what they've done right in their life in your life okay it's easy to see what they've done wrong but recognize what they did right recognizing the sacrifices they've made for you praising them for the legacy they're passing on to you seeing them through the eyes of Christ, with understanding and compassion. That would be huge. And then a final one, forgiving them as Christ has forgiven you. Now, if you're saying, you know, okay, Grant, can you give me some specifics? Give me just some specifics. Well, in this book uh, called The Gift of Honor, they actually interviewed parents on what they found to be honoring. And so if you're looking for some ideas, maybe this will help you. I'll just give them to you. On a day other than Mother or Father's Day, it would mean so much to get a card or letter from our children letting us know they're thinking of us. The greatest present I ever received from my son was a cassette tape that looked back on several specific things that I had done for them in the past. Uh, Even though it's difficult for me to do, my daughter always makes a point of hugging me when we get together. Another, as a single mom, when my school-age children do chores without being asked or additional chores, I feel honored. It honors me to see my children reaching out to help others who have been less fortunate than they. I feel flattered and honored when my daughter asks my advice on struggles and needs in her life. We appreciate the way our children tell us the truth, even when it means, means disagreeing with us or expressing an opinion different from ours. We know our children are praying for us every day, and that honors us. When I see my daughter seeking after God, I can't think of anything that brings me more honor. When my children were in their teen years they came to talk about taboo areas like drinking sex and drugs. Another parent said, watching the way my son treats his wife and children and hearing him say he learned it from us, something that's more valuable than any present he could give me. Friends, our goal is the glory of God. We want to honor our parents and we want to become mature in our relationship with Christ. Now, I think some of you have heard my testimony. Uh, when I was growing up, my growing up years, I was not a Christian, didn't grow up in a Christ-centered home. Uh, when I was in high school in Rochester, Minnesota, I knew of two uh, actual Christians that actually were coming forward with their faith. And I, was, I had 550 kids in my just my class alone. And one of these was a gal by the name of Mary. And uh, Mary was just one of these gals that just really just gave herself to people and there was such a joy and a radiance about her and she would be talking about Christ and the gospel to people like me and my brother and just a bunch of other people and you know like for instance during the summer when I thought the goal of summer was to have as much fun as possible and try to get in shape for the next athletic season try to keep my part-time job so I could fuel my social life you know what Mary did on her summers she would go and work at these camps for severely handicapped children a one-on-one scenario and each week she would just dedicate herself to one of those kids. I didn't, have a, I didn't have a category for that. So in getting to know Mary, I asked her the question every Christian wants to be asked. Why are you the way you are? And so we set up a time and, I, and we got to talk with her. And it was really interesting. She talked about this relationship with Jesus Christ. And she talked like she actually knew him, like he existed, you know. And, and she talked about how Christ really had changed her heart and, and given her meaning and purpose, peace, love. She said, "Who I am is because of him," and I'm like, I'm like trying to figure this out. And then uh, she talked, to, talked about her home life, and she had such respect and honor for her parents, like she would refer to her parents. But then when she started telling me about her home life, like this is a huge disconnect. I'm thinking you had to come from the perfect Christian family, right? Wrong. Her mom is an alcoholic, and she was had prone to severe depression. And she goes, "You may have noticed that I have a, a scar on my face, and you could see that there is a scar." that just went down her face, and I said, well, you know, makeup, you can't really tell. And she goes, you know, I Monte mom picked me up. She was drunk, and she'd been drinking, and they were involved in a car accident, and Mary went shooting through the windshield, and she lanced her face and her body up through the glass. And then she went on to tell me that her mom eventually had committed suicide. And yet she never talked with disrespect or dishonor. She, she loved her parents. Even if one of her parents had some pretty serious issues, I'm sure Mary was not perfect, but she did have a perfect Savior. And she planted the seeds of the gospel by how she treated her parents in a tough home life that a half a country away and several years later when I was at college at the University of Oregon, those seeds of the gospel took root. And my life was changed by the presence of Christ. And I can just tell you, we need more young people like Mary that are taking their home life. And their walk with God seriously, that they're letting the light of Christ shine in their schools and their music programs and in their athletic teams and in their neighborhoods because there are students that are in desperate need of Christ and they're probably going to see Him through your lives. And I'll tell you what, I'm so uh, just thrilled with what I see taking place in the lives of so many students in our church. We got kids that are actually doing this. We're all in this together. You know that? We all have our roles. And it's awesome and it's exciting to see. And I asked some of these students, I said, what could parents do to help kids fulfill their role? And they're all, what? No one's ever asked that question. I totally threw them off. I had to explain the question over to them. And these are some things they said. College kids said, you know, being quick to extend forgiveness and grace, man, when parents do that, that, that really helps. Especially when they're demonstrating a willingness to change. Uh, they talked about that if, if you share with them some of the sacrifices you make because of what you're trying to do, that really helps, apparently, students honor their parents. Um, they, one of the things that was surprising, they said, do not spoil your kids. And they also talked about that as a parent, they have to learn to respect you, but there also has to be a relational component where you can actually talk and engage them. High school students, they, they talked about um, the value of being encouraged, okay? They, they want feedback. They want your engagement. And they, they are looking for it, whether you're texting it to them um, you're giving them specifics they said that it was almost all students said it was far more important to get a word of encouragement on a specific from a parent than it was from a teacher or a coach now, one of these kids said you know i would like to believe that my parents uh, want the best for me and are trying to encourage me but i so rarely ever hear it one of the gals she just said you know my mom prayed with me on the way to school that meant so much and on this encouragement deal since it seems so important to him i said so give me a ratio like How much encouragement do you need?" And they said, we need 10 encouragements for every one thing that you're being critical of and you're pointing out. I'm like, that is unrealistic. I told them, that's just, I just can't see that happening. But that told me how much they are looking for it. I asked these students, did you have any regrets? Any things that you wish that you'd done differently? I want you to listen to these things, students. Now looking back, I am learning how valuable my parents are. They are there for a reason, and the older you get, the more value you start to see from your parents. Um, Learning to realize that they know what is best. Here was something that I found very fascinating. Students talked about they came to a place where they learned that their parents were people. I'm like, what? And they're like, yeah, I tried to explain this to me. Like, yeah, our, our parents, they seem kind of perfect, almost like they're robots and they do everything right. I'm like, well, how did you learn that your parent was a person? And so this one girl, she says it was about age 13 and she said something really mean to her mother. And just ripped her mother's heart right out. And her mom started crying. And she goes, that's when I realized that my parent was a person. And once she realized that, that started changing the dynamics of how she started relating to her parents. Um, Other kids said, you know, I regret that I didn't have more conversations about my faith with my parents. One gal said, i just really like to go out to lunch with my mom and talk about these things. Let me just tell you, when you obediently honor your parents, you are glorifying God. Now, you know, when we're at home, we want to obey and honor, but honor is carried through for a lifetime. Once you leave home, you still want to honor your parents. And I want to throw this out there. You want to honor your parents as a lifetime pursuit. Obviously, you're not taking commands and demands that they're making once you leave their home, but you might want to think about an anniversary or a birthday or a surprise party or writing a letter of appreciation or making it there for Christmas or saying things that need to be said And you want to take advantage of those opportunities. Or you could actually give them a tribute to honor them in some pretty significant ways. But I want to throw this out there. Would you have any regrets if one of your parents passed away this week of some things that you would want to say or communicate, but you haven't done it? Why wait for the eulogy? Now, when I bring this up, the idea of honoring parents, if you have a parent that's passed away... um, let me give you some suggestions. First of all, you need to allow yourself to grieve, okay? Also, you want to make a special effort to honor the living parent. But you can also honor the parent that has deceased by speaking of their legacy, the positive things that they left. Obviously, everybody's got some negatives. But if you have opportunity, I would like to cast a vision for you of doing something significant to honor your parents, to fulfill in the power of Christ what he's written in the word of honoring your father and mother. In the winter of 2000 i was in nashville tennessee and uh, i was at a church and i was meeting with some of my pastor friends and one of my friends gave me this book called the tribute written by dennis rainey it's a whole book about significantly honoring your parents on the plane ride back i read a good chunk of it and uh, the idea started to simmer now i uh i was not a perfect child by any stretch of the imagination in fact there was a lot of tension um, there were issues in my home life it was rough and rocky And as I've grown and matured, i realized that I was a big part of that. And I I take full responsibility. I did not make it easy on them. It wasn't always pretty. And yet, uh, after I became a Christian, um, my whole orientation toward my parents started to change and some pretty significant things started to happen. But the idea of honoring my parents in a very significant way was like completely uncharted territory. And uh, I mean, we don't do things like that, okay? saying words like I love you and things like that. This is not common in our family. But then when my dad's retirement party was coming on January 20th, 2001, God strongly impressed upon me that now is the time that you need to, at this event, honor your parents. And so I began working on a tribute. A lot of it was put together when I'd go running and praying, just talking to God. I put a lot of effort into it. I prayed about it. I wrote it all out on a really nice piece of paper, had it matted, framed, put some money into it, And that night came Bozeman, Montana, my dad's retirement party. My dad had a pretty distinguished career. He started off in a ranch in northern Montana. And uh, by the time his career was done, he had worked up to a very high level in the Department of Agriculture for the United States. My dad's colleagues, friends, co-workers, uh, parents, um, friends, family members were all going to be gathered. So after dinner... I'm the oldest of four boys. Each one of my brothers got up and they said some things about growing up and trying to honor my folks. And I was the final one. So I get up there and uh, my, my dad liked this song uh, by George Strait uh, called Love Without End, Amen. And so I, I got my, had my guitar brought up there and I sang it for him. And I think he was really honored by that. And then uh, I said this, behind every great man, there is an even greater woman and I asked my mom to come forward, and uh, this is a really bad picture, but it's only one of two that exist of this particular event. So I had my mom up there, my dad standing up there, and I, uh, I said, I, I want to honor you by reading you a tribute that I wrote for you, and I can see it as if it was yesterday, and I, I, I want to share this with you because it was one of the greatest things that I've done in my life. A tribute to my parents. Commitment. A single word that seems to embody so much of what the two of you stand for. It is a characteristic that I have seen you exemplify in a multitude of different ways. I have found the seeds of commitment you planted along the way have come to fruition in my life in ways that I would have never imagined. For our family, it started out in your commitment to each other. From the profound words of I do has come a marriage that still does. It is truly amazing that this family who once lived in a little yellow house would soon become the ever-expanding family that it is today. Your family commitment continues to shine in your warm welcome and care of your daughter-in-laws and your grandchildren. The signs of commitment were found in the elements of daily life, from the only mom could make it this good, meals and snacks, to the reassuring sound of dad is home. You taught us to appreciate what we had, whether it be much, little and i will never forget when mom you went on strike for that one week and brought about a whole new appreciation for all that you did every single day and it was miserable when mom went on strike and it all was a reminder of your family commitment you could find commitment in those trips to school to cub scouts to all those athletic events and in those many hunting and fishing outings I will not forget all the fun and adventurous vacations we had, whether it was out to the farm or out on the road with Grandma and Grandpa's trailer or motorhome. In each of those journeys, there was the simple theme of commitment. There was a commitment to develop character, from the endless reminders to mind your manners to the unforgettable lesson of getting the door for ladies, while you, Mom, stood outside and waited for me to figure it out. When I saw the two of you take care of others, whether it be neighbors, friends, or extended family, it left an impression on me to follow in your steps. From you, I have taken the torch of perseverance by rising up and facing the challenges of the day, no matter what happened the day before. Though it was a sacrifice in more ways than one, you need to know how much I have learned to appreciate your investment in developing me as a singer and a musician." You should get a medal for all the concerts, performances, and recitals you've attended, not to mention the countless hours of lessons you paid for. Music is a great joy in my life and a reminder of your commitment. You should know that I learned how to work hard and efficiently from you. Your commitment to teach me how to diligently work with my hands, my back, and my mind has yielded rich dividends on a daily basis. Dad, there is not a week that does not go by that I do not hear the words I heard all the years growing up, the renowned five P's. Prior planning prevents poor performance. Your regular reminder that any job worth doing is worth doing well has become a guiding principle for life. From an early age, you taught me to read, to think logically, to take advantage of the academic opportunities that were before me. In many ways, I would not be where I am today if you had not done what you did back then. It was your commitment to see us boys become everything we could be and should be that is still yielding lasting fruit. The commitment you have demonstrated over the years, still has lasting effects on my life and on the lives of many others. A person can know the importance of these things, but it takes people like you, Mom and Dad, to do them. Thank you. The day has now come for me to leave a legacy with my wife and my family. Like you, I am standing on the past and pressing forward to fulfill the commitments I have made. May your hearts be warmed with thankfulness to God for all that you have received and all that He has allowed you to give. Some things just need to be said. It all comes back down to a single word, commitment. Love to you from your son, Grant. A lot of things I haven't done right, but this was one of my finest hours. This was perhaps the single greatest inroad for the gospel in my family. Today, if you were to go into my parents' home, they have a nice home. You walk in the entrance hall, of a hall that makes their way to their bedroom, they have that tribute hanging right there. My parents on multiple occasions were told that that was the honoring the best retirement party they've ever been to. And I'm really glad that God gave me the grace and the conviction and the courage to do this. Because shortly after this event, my dad had his open heart surgery, five bypasses. He made it through. But this changed everything. And so friends... I just want to leave you this for kids of every age. When we obediently honor our parents, we glorify our God. And so I leave God's word and his spirit with you. Let's pray. Lord, I want to thank you for an amazing passage of scripture. And what a huge opportunity students have in this time in their homes. I thank you that when we confess our sins, we're forgiven and that there is joy in just walking with you. So God, would you shape our lives, fill our hearts with your goodness, your grace, for your glory. We want to honor you in all things. May we have a full understanding of what that looks like in our families. We pray in Jesus' name, amen.